Welcome to the Oregon Sportscast Podcast, the most refreshing analysis, insight, and opinions in the world of sports. Here are your hosts, Josh Egan and Brandon Waterhouse. All right, welcome back to the Oregon Sportscast. We are on November 20th. The outside world, a lot of news breaking surrounding like the pandemic and election stuff, but we're not going to focus on any of that. No, we're not. Sports talk is where we thrive. We're going to get right into it. Some breaking news breaking about uh, an hour and a half to two hours ago. The Toronto Raptors have been declined from playing in Toronto this season. And then about five minutes later, it broke that they will start the season uh, and play in Tampa Bay. So that's why I'm repping my Lightning jersey because I don't own anything else that's Tampa Bay related. Uh, So uh, Raptors not playing in Toronto. Tampa Bay will be their home for this season. What are your initial thoughts on this? Yes, that's huge news. Uh, the first thing right away was like the city of champions, you know, like Tampa Bay uh, has got uh, the lightning. They don't have, do they have the World Series, right? No. No, that's uh, the Dodgers, right? Oh. And they were fantasizing about Tom Brady being the other championship part about Tampa yeah. Bay, I guess is what I was trying to say. But uh, for the Raptors, right, coming off of, two years ago, a championship season, you know, this is good culture for them, for sure. It's a good place to be around. Uh, they're familiar. Like I said, a couple of, might've been the last or two episodes ago, they were familiar with the the state at least because that's where the bubble was held right in Orlando. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, in terms of weather and the climate, that's good news, right? So they've been accustomed to that. Uh, it's not really much of a winter. So it's, it's going to be weird for free agent, free agents this year to be honest with you because you know maybe in the coming days people will sign a one or two year deal with the Raptors because they won't have to live in Canada and then instead they get to live in you know Tampa for a year right and I I don't I don't think they're playing the full season there they don't plan to because it says that they're going to start the season but I can't see I mean they just extended the border closure for another 30 days till I think December 18th or December 21st or something so I don't think they'll be coming back anytime soon um, but you know, it's good. They found a home. They seem to get around to it a lot quicker than the blue Jays did. The blue Jays season had already started and they still didn't have a home. So, uh, they seem to find one pretty quickly and it seemed that they were expecting this cause they announced it pretty much five minutes after the, it was announced they won't be in Canada. So it's kind of like, I'm sure this didn't happen, but Trudeau called up Masai and said, you know, you can't play here. So Masai was like, okay, we're going to Tampa. But, uh, no, it's good for them. And Tampa's not the worst place to live. I'm sure no, not at all. I'm sure they'll be comfortable. And uh, it's exciting exciting news. So I'd like to follow that. We got the uh, Toronto Raptors, uh, basketball-wise, uh, investing some time uh, and consideration into Tristan Thompson of the, Cliff, of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Right. Uh, this also kind of broke at the same time of the Tampa Bay news. Um, it seems to be... You know, the only thing that I've heard about Tristan Thompson in terms of where he would sign. So hopefully this is something serious. Um, he's experienced. I was telling you earlier with his championship with uh, the Cavaliers and LeBron. Uh, and he's Canadian as well, which will hopefully maybe render some kind of uh, edge to signing with us. Because I, I would I would greatly uh, consider him an asset to the team for yeah. sure especially if we're going to lose Serge to free agency and uh, Gasol, if he's not coming back to America, back, like American basketball or not. Um, 
he can he can't really shoot too well but he'll dominate the post and he'll get the rebounds for sure which is something that we're going to need if we lose uh what we've had there uh surrounding the center position right right and uh that'd be a good signing for the raptors if he comes is a different story but um yeah, we also had some other news coming out of the NBA, and I think the biggest one kind of broke, what was it, like five minutes before, five minutes into the draft. And that's Klay uh, Thompson of the Golden State Warriors is going to be missing the whole season. He blew out his Achilles. He's expected to make a full recovery because of the type of tear it was. But this is going to be, I think it's 583 games potentially, uh, 583 days between games that he might be waiting which is, you know, uh, I'm about this. I'm not yeah. necessarily the biggest Warriors fan. I'm not even necessarily the biggest Clay Thompson fan, but the one thing I am is a huge basketball fan, right? Uh, and NBA fan in general, and especially for like the dynamic of the league. You thought as a fan coming into this year that Clay Thompson would make the the Golden State Warriors completely irrelevant, uh, completely more relevant than they were last year, uh, with with Clay, Steph, Wiggins, and uh, second overall draft pick and Draymond Green back, but you know. People are still thinking they can climb into middle of the West, but it's a huge gash to their chances at a championship again. Um, a lot of questions around if their dynasty is over or if they'll ever get back to championship contenders. A lot of people are saying that this also gives time for Clay in similar situations in the past. People have come back, they've said, in like the purest shooting form. They don't do anything but shoot, shoot, shoot because his athleticism and his agility might be hindered coming back from this, especially how sensitive his body could be. So if he does come to, if he decides to come back and risk his body or whatever again, he might just be a, a complete catch and shoot type of player what she's done he scored a record amount of points on a record limited amount of dribbles before i don't know what the numbers was right. but he can he can score for example like 30 points off of four dribbles just by catching and shooting so if he can get himself healthy i feel bad it's not even the physical health that i feel more that i feel too bad for you know for him he's got to be just absolutely cutting like it's got to cut deep for him uh, emotionally uh in his head he had just come back of of leaving uh, in the middle of a championship run against the Raptors. And he went worked all this hard back through one of the hardest, you know, years of everyone's lives right now with coronavirus. And he was ready to come back and try basketball. And he didn't even get that chance to uh, show us what we had to expect to see. Uh, it sucks. I'm rambling. But at the same time, I love Clay Thompson because he's just kind of automatic from three. And that's something that I value when I'm watching, when I'm watching basketball. Right. And it, it, it's always a shame to see an athlete of his magnitude and his skill uh, go down with an injury like that. No one ever wants to see that just for the growth of not just the game, but sports in general. So it's going to be a shame, but, you know, it's going to open up an opportunity for somebody else and hopefully they can take it and run with it. Um, but, you know, moving on, we have another big player, big news. Uh, Gordon Hayward has opted out of his contract. Uh, so $34 million. And he will become a free agent when the free agent period opens up on, I believe, November 22nd. So yeah, this is big news. Gordon yeah. Hayward is kind of coming off of, uh, he came back into the bubble. He was a late arrival to the Celtics. He was battling another injury or maybe even something related to coronavirus. I'm not necessarily too sure, but he was late to the bubble, to the bubble rather. And, uh, they were really excited to get his addition to the team. Uh, I'm not sure how, what his stats were. Uh, the whole past 2019-2020 season. However, uh, in the past, Gordon Hayward's proven to be like a difference maker in wins and on his teams he's been on. 
he can help win games and he's someone that you can rely on as well. So the, the rumors are that he's trying to go into the market and we're trying to see the Knicks make space for him. Yeah. Uh, the Knicks are trying to make a lot of moves in the, in the rumors, but if the Knicks can just make something that makes their r- rookies want to stay around like RJ Barrett and a couple of the other young players that especially Obi Tobin that um, just got drafted there, you want to build a culture that you, kids want to be around even if it's just Gordon Hayward who knows what he's doing and he's been through a lot himself and injuries gruesome injuries and comebacks and he's a player that can play basketball for sure and he's underrated and I hope that he gets more light wherever he goes for sure because it's been a while since we've ever heard about Gordon Hayward right and the Knicks are one of the teams rumored to be uh in on him and they just freed up a bunch of space by waving Bobby Portis and Taj Gibson and also Alfred Payton to free up cap space so the uh, New York team making moves. Hopefully they can become a little bit more Speaking relevant than they have moves, been. Yeah. So Speaking we'll of see. absolutely not making moves, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Sacramento Kings just absolutely fumble fucked a handshake on a trade lately. And uh, Bodong Bodanovich, uh, I guess, didn't necessarily agree upon the deals or even just the idea of going to Milwaukee. And so there's been some tampering investigation now open because um, the trade just wasn't done and it leaked out to the public in a way that everyone thought it was officially done. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Had on, uh, the management parts of both teams, I would imagine. Uh, it's something that would have, you know, definitely uh, increased Milwaukee's chances of being a more of a competitive team for sure. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure. Do you have any more information on the details on this one? No, I, I know there was a sign. It was rumored there was a sign in trade. Um, and that's the word. The player who was signed in trade didn't agree to it. So it never, it never went through. You don't really, you haven't really seen this lately, right? Um, Right, and I don't know if you've seen it at all recently, and especially in our lifetime, it's like you really know that if a trade goes down through social media, it's like official, and it kind of, it's not going to have backtracks, especially at this magnitude. But at at the same time, you know, I literally just thought about the fact that I can give a little bit of leeway. It's coronavirus, and there's some kind of difficulties with communication these days, and maybe there was um some kind of lost messages files who, who knows right like it's it's everything's happening a lot faster yeah. especially because people are trying to turn the season around and uh get their chemistry right away if they can get a player on their team right now and like within this week instead of two weeks then they can start hanging out in the city right right and i don't someone think... get hey someone get josh coffee oh man yeah i'm drinking yeah. a, i'm drinking an iced coffee right here Someone put a, a yawn a yawn counter, yawn maybe counter. If not in the comments, if not in the top right corner for us. But we're I still going to get. I'm still going to come at you. Josh is coming off with some some pretty bullshit meetings from school. I can definitely relate from that. There's no yeah. time for school. And, uh, there's nice weather and there's other things to do, especially well, at was, school. I'm especially just, at school. just looking school. outside and thinking it could oh. be a good day for golf, but. But we still want to come at you with something that we do regularly, and that's what yeah. we. But we'll move right along. We don't want to be too long in NBA news. There's a lot that went on. The Raptors did find a new home. The champion chargers are undergoing. Yep. Uh, we'll move right on to a little bit of recap last night. Uh, huge rematch, I think, right in the NFL on Thursday night football of this season. Uh, I don't know if it was a rematch. I think the rematch angle was from last season. And this game had the potential going in to be one of the top games of the year. Seahawks Cardinals to shut down quarterbacks. Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in primetime television. So that would be Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night. And the Cardinals were coming off a huge win against the Bills. And uh, Kyler Murray was looking to have a big game. 
and it just didn't happen. The Seahawks beat the Cardinals 28 to 21. The Cardinals ran into some serious penalty trouble. Kyler Murray was 29 for 42, 269 yards, two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Russell Wilson, 23 for 28, 197 yards, two touchdowns. And the story of this game really was, um, you know, the Cardinals had a lot of penalty trouble near the end. There was fights, there was holding penalties. I think the first time I've ever seen this, there was a holding penalty in the end zone, which led to a safety. And so the Seahawks got some points off of that. And it just, uh, the beginning of the game was really good. It kind of trailed off near the end as the Cardinals lost focus and tired out. And I don't think I could really blame them for that because they had a, a short week. They played Sunday and then into Thursday, which NFL teams for some reason don't like doing, but you know, it's part of your schedule. So deal with it. But um, yeah, so the Cardinals lose that one. They, you know, they're still looking good. They're six and four Seahawks are seven and three. So the Seahawks now sit at the top of that division, but that final score of that one, 28 to 21. And so, kind of some news uh, broke before this game that the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins and the Seahawks, Bobby Wagner have decided to become their own agents uh, and their quote coming out of this was show me the money. So they feel like they should get paid and that they can get themselves the most money because they know they're worth the best and not their agents. I guess they don't want to pay the agent cut. Agent cuts can be anywhere from six and a half to 12 and a half percent. So you've got a multi-million dollar contract that could be quite a big cut, but you know, Hopkins is coming off that big catch against the Buffalo Bills, So maybe he was feeling himself and, you know, he is a pretty good receiver. I think he's the youngest receiver to catch 700 uh, receptions before the youngest receiver ever to reach 700 receptions. So good for him. He's probably going to get paid. He can have getting paid. He didn't necessarily get paid, but if he's a, a fanatic of the video game world, he got paid in the sense that his, his he got boosted in a 99 rating in Madden just from like one catch. Yeah. Like how, how over-exaggerated, right? Like, yeah, I don't know about that. It's good to see someone over the season and then they're overall. Like if we're, if we're, if we're, um, classifying players on their whole overall based on one play at a game, then we're at a whole different level of like analytics in sports these days because yeah. it's not necessarily even fair. Uh, just, uh, just to kind of make uh, – Madden is probably trying to make some sort of advertisement profit off of the fact that, ooh, this is such a sweet catch in NFL, happened in our league. Come look at our guy on our video game. He's like the best. He'll catch you every ball. 100%. Well, 99% according to Madden. So uh, – <laughs> Yeah, so that happens. And just uh, some strange news, not strange, but just some side news for the Seahawks. Their stadium will be renamed to Lumen Field. Uh, I would yeah. try looking up the cost of the deal because usually these stadium deals are pretty big and I couldn't find a cost on it. But it'll I probably imagine, come out within a couple of weeks, to be honest with you, if it's yeah. rather new news. I imagine it's in the billions. Yeah, I imagine too, especially with what we've been learning these days. Yeah, and um, so that's just, you know, Seahawks renaming their stadium. So nothing really. No, a little quick hitter on NFL completing yards and the quarterback ratings. What's that? Yeah. So quarterbacks are completing passes at the highest rate through week 10 ever. Like this is an NFL record. And that percentage is 65.7% completion rate through all quarterbacks. Um, Drew Brees leads that at 73.5%. Obviously he's injured now, but I threw it down your way. Yeah. I just threw, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, kind of a cool stat that we're seeing the most production out of quarterbacks ever. Um, you know, it's really cool. It's good for the game because that's what we want to see. We want to see that's what I'm saying too. You know, catches, I, all that stuff. I'm one to just look at the game where it goes down to running. I'm like, okay, this looks like brick and mortar. Give me a, um, give me a door and let me bang my head into it. I don't really like the running game. I mean, especially when it goes five yards, three yards, five yards, yeah. three yards. 
and you get and you get first down after first down and the drive takes eight minutes i get it when you're a coach and you need to rest your players the arms the receivers however if you can just kind of play your team you have so many players on a football team if you let your kids have more chances then you can still run that type of deep offense that has uh, energy and excitement and then still hit runners when you get caught off guard right and it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see just because just on a side note for this if drew Brees will keep that by the end of the season the completion rate because he's not gonna be playing games but he can still keep his, Come back and uh, his, do something his completion rate right so we'll see if that holds up but yeah just you know it's not really a I wonder, I wonder what the completion rate was for uh, assistant coach of the giants uh his punches on the landing i think one of them might have hit and that cost him his job, especially because there's a little altercation. Okay, there. okay. So I've heard two sides of this. You tell the side that is the most entertaining side, and then I'll tell the story that probably happened, and then we can decide which one we want to go with. Exaggerated news would uh, uh, lend me, like, lead me to believe that two coaches, I believe it might have been the offensive and the head coach, yeah. uh, got into an altercation, I would imagine, on the sidelines during a practice, practice early in the morning. Uh, I think they, maybe the head coach tried to act tough, but I read that the the assistant, the offensive coach was literally like a former player. He's he's absolutely huge. He's not going to take something from anyone, regardless of the position. Uh, he took the fight a little bit too hard or too far and might have just socked the head coach in the face. Uh, there was no agreement after that to anything that came to a conclusion, and I think the guy lost his job. What else do you have to say? Well, the version that I heard was that the head coach went up to the offensive coach and said, hey, do you mind if I bring in a consultant? And the offensive coach took offense to this, obviously, because you're asking if he can bring in a consultant to help this guy with his job. So obviously you're doing a terrible job. And the exchange, the exchange got really heated, but apparently no punches were thrown. The Giants refuted this. I don't know how true that, that is. Wrong. That was the first thing I read. That's the first thing I read, too. But if you want a story to break, the guy was fired. He did lose yeah. his job. That's the correct part. Yeah. I think personally punches were thrown because the Giants are going to try and cover this up because they've been a gong show all season, right? So yeah. they want that covered up if punches were thrown. Also, from an entertainment perspective, I hope punches were thrown. So I'm just going to yeah. go with that. But just be aware. You, you know just what? be aware. Especially if he was a former NFL player, he probably just ruined the head coach's day. Right. And uh, when I saw this story, I felt for you. And your joke of an NFL team. Yeah, so. especially after the, like you said, that we we're having a tough year in the news. And that was like after Saquon and uh, Dan went to like uh, a bar a couple of weeks ago in yeah. the middle of New York, which has like the highest rates of coronavirus in America, which is just absolutely like bizarre. Oh, yeah. We're not going to talk too much about the fact that the coaches in New York still can't agree on everything, but maybe the Panthers can agree to start their PJ Walker at quarterback who has not started in uh, almost four years now as the league as was going to get known to as well as it was and once again the xfl what do right. you have to say so i watched when the xfl was announced i uh i watched pretty much every game for the first five weeks because i thought the product was entertaining as hell they did some stuff that was totally different Especially the rule the rules were just odd the rules were odd but also the game presentation because they were doing interviews like mid-game and i remember yeah. I don't yeah. think I don't think it was PJ Walker who did the interview, but it, he was involved in the game. And the quarterback he was playing uh, threw an interception, and then they interviewed him right away. He just goes, "I don't know, bad throw, I guess." And then yeah, just like, dude, I, did. Uh, I, I thought that was a dream, but that was literally a league. That's yeah, hilarious. and I was like, "This this is entertaining." Like they're interviewing coaches like mid 
quarter and all that. And I thought, wow, this is wild. But yeah, PJ Walker could be looking at his uh, NFL start for the Panthers this week. Like you said, he hasn't lost a game since 2016 between college and the XFL. Now that stat is a little bit skewed because that's only seven games. Um, his last two games in college, he was, he didn't lose. And then his five in the XFL, he didn't lose. He did light up the XFL though. He was like lapping other quarterbacks. So this guy does have, I would say low to mid tier NFL quarterback potential. Um, so it'd be interesting. I hope they do start him because I think it'd be a really cool story. I agree too. I think that it's good for the Panthers if they can get yeah. this going. Uh, it would be feel good story too, right? Like you're coming from a, you're coming from a, a, a league that's run by, a guy who scripts fights over to Roger Goodell for him. Yeah. Anyway, maybe I'll go work for Vince McMahon again, not Roger Goodell. I didn't know this, but apparently uh, the backup quarterback, Andy Dalton, is this we're referring to on the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah. He had a coronavirus hit him hard, but I didn't even realize that it, 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 it would affect an athlete at that kind of level. What do you have to say? Well, his comments said that the, that the COVID that COVID hit him hard. And um, saying that he's still kind of recovering or feeling, feeling the effects that just goes to show like how serious this thing is. And if athletes get it, they're, um, you know, they're, they're just as human as everyone else. Yeah. They're not invincible to it. And, you know, it does attack your respiratory system. So it, it is going to affect athletes. And I think. Yeah. That has a huge deal to do with everyone's endurance. Right. Yeah. It's a big deal. He said this, you know, not kind of hiding it and saying like, no, this shit's serious. Take it seriously. So. Uh, I don't think we're going to be seeing him for a little bit longer, but um, a little bit while. Yeah, for sure. Long while, but uh, we had a game last night and we already wrapped it up. So we won't do it. Yeah. That's I, don't know where, I don't know where my head was there. Uh, what I meant to say, give me your top three favorite games. To look forward to this weekend on Sunday, not Monday, but give me the Sunday favorites. Sunday, my Sunday games. What a question. What a question. Uh, I will go with – I'm going to break it up into the 1 o'clock and the 4 o'clock and then the 8 o'clock. So hey, my, I was going to ask you to do that, but I wasn't going to make you. But good yeah, for so, you. Yeah, I'll, I'll do this. So my 1 o'clock game that I'm looking forward to is the Bengals and the Washington football team. Uh, I'm choosing this one because I think the Bengals are just entertaining to watch with Joe Burrow and the Washington football team has been kind of falling off a cliff a little bit. They're 2-7 and seven and the Bengals are 2-6-1. and one. So I think the Bengals can get into this now. Um. Yeah, that's going to be a good game. I don't know what the spread is, and I'm not going to pull it up mid-show, but, you know, I think the Bengals will take that one. My 4 o'clock game, the one I will be watching at 4 o'clock, I will be looking at Cowboys-Vikings. Cowboys are – they keep saying they're there, and they're only missing a couple pieces. Um, I think everybody in the football world disagrees with them. They're 2-7, and seven, kind of haven't really shown any promise – while the Vikings are four and five and look to continue to roll uh, through the season and make a push for the playoffs. And they could be having an easy win against the Cowboys here. And then obviously the Sunday night game, we have chiefs Raiders. That is a game that could be, it could be a spicy one because apparently after the last game where the Raiders beat the chiefs ending a 14 game win streak, the Raiders did victory laps around the chiefs stadium in their buses. And this pissed off uh, Andy sure. Reid, who's the coach of the Kansas city chiefs. Now, I didn't see a big deal with it unless, like, some guy was mooning <laughs> mooning them out the bus. But, like, I don't know if the Chiefs win this one, are they going to be doing laps around the stadium and their buses? I, I thought this was a really strange story. Like, Yeah, that's interesting. We're not – I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on stuff that's kind of petty like that, but I think 
uh, as a former athlete, there's always stuff I've wanted to do to a team that I've beat. And that's necessary. And that's something that like, I haven't even necessarily thought of, especially because you don't really all have that. You don't have that much time to like drive no. around the, <laughs> the thing. You want to go home. Yeah. So I kind of salute them for that. That's petty. And that's, that's kind of winning another game within the game. Right. And like, whose decision was this? Like, did one of the players just tell the bus driver, yo, yo, do, do two laps around the stadium before we leave? It, honestly, as a uh, as again coming from an, uh, like just an experience, if you get like one person who makes the idea, he'll get his following, and then all of a sudden, I'm sure the whole bus is making that bus driver do it. And the right. bus driver is surrounded by professional athletes at this point. He's probably not going to refuse anything that they ask him to do. Yeah. Um, he's. It's not necessarily something that's putting anyone in danger. I'm sure a couple laps wasn't a big deal. However, you're right. I think it's. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe if the if the officials like team management and coaches were on the bus they would maybe have a frown on their face but i'm sure they had their own way of transportation maybe this was just a couple coaches on the bus who just kind of looked the other way when it happened so who cares uh it's funny have you discussed your monday your sunday nighter now yeah that is my sunday nighter so you know we have a lot to go over today especially in even in football too uh not only the nfl but the canadian football league here in uh, our home country um Kind of had a rough go with financial reasons and just no season this past year. Uh, we have a lot of information on that coming up soon. There's actually a lot of good um, sightings in terms of relevance in the CFL coming back. One of them right. is just his branding. We got the Argos. So before we get to any of that, the CFL released their schedule today for the 2021 season. So each team is going to get some preseason games. The preseason will kick off on May 23rd. There, it's not going to be a bubble format. It's going to be you're playing at your home stadiums and traveling, and they hope to have fans in the buildings. Now, people are saying already, well, this season's not kicking off till the preseason doesn't kick off till May 23rd, and the actual season doesn't kick off till June 10th. Um, so we are going to see cfl football in the summer which is great because that's kind of a canadian staple even though uh sometimes not everybody well, watches it, the cfl it, but... it, for the small town communities of canada especially because right. where we're from you see you drive by uh like cannon street and you got people repping the yellow and black gold flags all around the tim horton stadium and it's something that you can experience too if you're yeah. not close to the nfl and, you, and now we're not going to be able to go across the borders and see the bills play probably for a little bit so maybe uh, by the time this comes, we can comfortably watch the Ticats play or the Argos play. Uh, it's exciting. We're, we're trying to have a lot of information on local sports, Canadian sports, and athletes who are experiencing those things as well, right? Yeah. So, and it will be a 21-week season. So they're going to kick off June 10th and play through till October 30th. And then the playoffs will start. And the Grey Cup date is November 21st. It will be the 100th, 108th Grey Cup. Yeah, that's uh, that's a long that's a lot of history in the uh, in the CFL. The the Argos are bringing back a little bit of history with the old little logo that came from the. Uh, it looks like it came from like the ocean or like the sea and a little bit of. Uh, yeah, they're bringing the boat back. The boat that's kind of seeing back into the logo, which is cool. You know, you're not not always sure uh, what they're trying to message across, other than like two different shades of blue for their branding. Yeah. So if if they get a logo back in their mix, you know maybe. We'll have an interesting uniform, and uh, Toronto can have a nice team to look at uh, in CFL. Right, and uh, this story is kind of relevant now because it turned out to be correct, but the commissioner did say yesterday that he's optimistic about a new season starting on time, 
and then being able to play a full 21 week season with full full playoffs and a great cup being played and it turns out he was right because the schedule was released today so uh full steam ahead for the cfl it looks like which is nice and also yeah we're excited there was supposed to be a expansion team kicking off uh out in atlantic canada so the atlantic schooners now i know a schooner as a giant beer but a schooner is apparently also a ship so they would that would be their logo and not just like a giant pint of molson schooner yeah schooner yeah it's a giant beer it's it's like this size but bigger but um yeah, so their dreams are still alive. If they were to kick off, it would be in the 2022 season, so they won't be joining the season this year. It will be in 2022. So that's just some CFL news, and we will have some more CFL news for you on Tuesday. We're going to have somebody come on to talk CFL with us, and I'm not going to give away much more than that, but you'll see. Stay tuned. That's exciting for us, especially because, like I said earlier, we want to bring you someone that is close to home and has a little bit of experience that maybe right. you've been around too, especially right. if you local football uh, growing up here in Canada. Uh, we'll move right along to something that's very local in Canada here. We got the hockey and we got NHL. The hockey. We got NHL and we have players feeling angry and betrayed by the NHL and this new CBA uh, amendment. I'm not necessarily too sure on the details about this. I love that when you bring up something with numbers and statistics that you kind of say it broadly uh, on the notes, but I want to hear what the details are about this story. All right, so this might take a couple minutes. So when the NHL returned to their return to play in the bubbles, they signed a return to play amendment. So what this did, it changed the CBA for the next six years. So they knocked out two birds with one stone with this. They renewed the CBA, which is the collective bargaining agreement, which is pretty much the agreement between the players and the owners. And they were also able to come up with an agreement for the bubble and a return to play action. So what this did was, the owner said to the players, look, we can come back and play, but we're going to have to take a 10% deferment off your pay. So for the next 10, uh, for the next two seasons, I think it was, they were going to get 10% less, but then over the three, they would make that money up with uh, that 10% going back into their pay once hockey related revenue was back mm-hmm. up. Well, now the league is saying that they need an additional 13% deferment on top of the current 10%. So that's a 26% deferment from their salaries. It's going to be a cut salary anyway, because it looks like they're only going to play a 60 game season. And also escrow has gone up because they need to guarantee that there's a 50 50 split between hockey related revenue and what the owners keep. So it's kind of, it's not quite at lockout level of panics, but people are starting to panic a little bit because the players are saying, why do you need more money from us here? You know, you should be able to run this without us taking a deferment or taking money out of our paychecks and, it's just uh, they need to get this sorted out because they're still aiming for that January 1st start date and the two sides still have not met. Like the NHL and the NHLPA and the return to play committee, which now has 31 players, um, haven't met, haven't hammered anything out. But I think once they get into the same room and just start talking about this, it's going to be figured out because the... the there's, there's time, it's time for crisis. It's, yeah, it's, it's still it's there. It's not time for stallment, especially when there's not much else to do and you're given the opportunity to play. Yeah. And they have confirmed there will be four divisions. The Canadian division will be happening and then they'll have a East, East, Central and West in the States. Uh, So they kind of just split the States, like we said earlier on, into three. Um, But yeah, it's time the NHL got it together and I, I hope they can. But, and there's been conflict reporting because I've seen... And I tweeted about this. I don't know if you saw it. I, I requoted a tweet from Nick Kiprios, who is just, we won't go there, but. He, Near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. But um, 
he was saying that the owners are, you know, not afraid to cancel the season. And I'm thinking, why? Like, then you're these, Very these players still have contracts, you still have to pay them. And I don't know. Like, I think it's like too much time talking about some old guy like that. Yeah. Like a, there's fear, fear mongering reporting going on. And it's not good. So let's get this figured out. And I hope, I hope we see them on the ice January 1st. I think personally now it's going to be January 15th. It seems kind of past the deadline for January 1st start. We're already at November 20th. Camps would have to open December like 10th. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, but, uh, hopefully they can get it and get going. Yeah. However, However, I think something is on the horizon because Miko Lettinen, who has rights for the Toronto Maple Leafs, waived and bought himself out of his contract with Joker in the KHL. So he will be flying back over here to start his quarantine so he can start skating with the Leafs players. That's so, also because I don't think that league is having that team compete in the, uh, right, right. Uh, in the other league as well. So he also has, needs competition here. Uh, speaking of international competition, we have the International Ice Hockey Federation World Championship moving to Belarus, sorry, moving from Belarus yeah. to Moscow, co-host Latvia. Well, we'll keep its games. Uh, what is this? What year is this actually? Uh, this is for this year or 2021, sorry. And 2020 to 2021. But I just think it's because of coronavirus and financials and all that. There weren't too many details coming out of it. I just thought it was interesting because this story kind of flew under the radar. Like when you move a major hockey tournament, you usually hear about it, but I didn't, it was kind of buried underneath everything else. And I guess that's because there's news breaking all the time right now, but uh, to move the whole, it was co-hosted between Belarus and Latvia. And now it's going to be between Moscow and Latvia. So I had no idea where it was hosted. That's why I asked what year, because I've just been seeing, you know, Team Canada in Red Deer, so I didn't know if it was in Canada or not, but I think that's, you're right. That's the World Juniors. This is the IIHF World Championship. Okay, I'm, I'm even more lost, which is yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, so that's the that's the senior competition. So um, we'll just right. see that as a new host. The tournament's still going forward. Same amount of teams. Uh, Latvia is going to keep its games, uh, but Belarus has lost the hosting rights, and Moscow has them now. So uh, we'll see how that goes down. If players are going to want to travel to Russia to play there, so we'll see when that comes around, how that handles out. Um, speaking of stuff Traveling. being moved and traveling and all that, yeah. ECHL teams, the Eastern, Eastern Conference Hockey League, which is below the AHL, it looks still like... They still have affiliation to the NHL, which is great. Yeah, uh, but they, most of their teams have suspended operations for next season because they can't play moving forward with the COVID restrictions, which is a shame. Those teams don't make a lot of money and they can't justify spending out all this money and not being able to make much in return. So uh, the local, the closest team to us here is the Brampton Beast, the ECHL. I think they're affiliated with the Ottawa Senators. I thought it was the Montreal Canadiens, but it might be have been nice change to the, it's the I'm pretty sure it's the Sens. It might be both actually, but um, yeah, they won't be playing either. The Maple Leafs team, the... Um, we found them Grizzlies or Growlers. We found them Growlers are folding a bunch of other teams too. And this is a real shame to see because it, but it's also understandable being in the league that doesn't bring in that much money. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully they can start back up soon and it won't be long before we see ECHL, ECHL hockey again. Yeah. Speaking of hockey, we have something irrelevant to do with uh, Braden Holby being stuck at the border. Yeah. I just thought this was funny. Braden Holby stuck at the border with his turtles because they don't have correct documentation. Is pet turtles. This is this is. You heard it here. We are bringing up this story. It is relevant. 
Yeah, he's uh, apparently they're working on it, but his wife and kids were able to go through. But he's stuck with uh, he's stuck with his turtles at the border. The turtles so, do need someone. I mean, they can't do it on their own. I'm sure. Free the turtles, but uh, I'm sure the they'll get that figured out. The opposite of turtles. These guys are pretty fast, skilled, and uh, high-paced players on Team Canada. But was it Dylan Cousins and Kirby Doc? Yeah. Actually, arrived late for uh, a practice the other day. We say late. Uh, I, I, heard, I heard that it was actually technically 8.15 when the practice started at 8.15. However, when you're a professional, if, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. Um, so they were on time, which was late. Uh, the coach had a discussion with them, and uh, it was documented on a camera. TSN released it. It looked like they had a they fist bump. They said, well, we won't participate in practice today. It looked like they had the choice to participate. Um or sit out in the stands. They chose to sit in the stands. The next day, they showed up almost 30 minutes earlier. Uh, this is just interesting news. Uh, the, the kids have cameras around them all the time. I kind of feel bad for them. Uh, the coach also, you have a couple opinions on him, I hear. This, okay, so the practice started at 11.30 and they got out there right at 11.30. First off, I find highly suspicious because these two guys are high-level athletes and they know okay. what they're doing. They know, yeah, whatever. Does time doesn't matter? They were out there on time for practice, and then the coach is just ready, waiting for them with a camera already pointed. Has a quick conversation with them, and they leave. So you're, it kind of seems set up to send a message because then he made an announcement to the team afterwards. He told these guys, he was like, "Look, I gave these guys the option to skate, and not, and you know, and send a message that rules will be bent for our high level players, or." they can just take the hit and miss the practice. So I think it was, I don't think these guys are late. I think they were told to come out right at 1130. You can take the day off. I just want to send a message to players that are on the cusp because Kirby Doc and Dylan Cousins have both have NHL experience. One of them has only played in preseason games, but these guys are not fringe players, right? Like they're at camp. Well, for Kirby, Doc, Kirby Doc played in the, in the league, I think with the Blackhawks for a couple yeah. games last year. Yeah. So these guys are going to be on the team. Right? It's not like yeah, it was. Actually, if you saw that, the kid literally kicked the puck between his legs backwards to a guy coming down on a two on one. It was a disgusting highlight if you were watching uh, yeah. the development camp in the World Juniors in hockey. It was kind of all over social media. Uh, we won't spend too much time on the hero coach in Canada. Uh, we'll see what else Mike Babcock has to talk about because it is his anniversary of something. One year ago today, I was sitting at my girlfriend's brother-in-law's birthday dinner and I was told, stay off your phone. And I was like, okay, okay. No less than 90 seconds later, my phone starts vibrating like crazy. And she's looking at me like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I'm like, I'm going to take this. It could be worth it. I pull up my phone and it says, Mike Babcock relieved of duties, Sheldon Keefe to take over. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh boy. So I showed it to her and she literally went, okay. So I left the room to kind of <laughs> read the stories and all that. And uh, yeah, so that's where I was when that happened. And one year to the day, it feels like it's been 10 years that Mike Babcock was let go. The best thing to happen to the Leafs in the last year was that Sheldon Keefe took over because he kind of re-energized that team a little bit. Yeah. Um, do you remember where you were when it happened? Uh, was it a year ago so recently, this past week, a year ago, you mean? It, that time? Today. It was today. Oh, no, a year ago, a year ago today. I was deaf. Oh, you know what? I was probably definitely. We were talking about this in class, you know, as us, we were, or even our professors are kind of current. So I think I might have had, it was, if it was, if it was a Friday like today, I know I had a, 
the teacher I had was always talking about uh, social media. It's his social media Instagram page as well. So he was talking about current trades and players. And we brought up Mike Babcock, and especially because Mike Babcock was brought in upon like a little bit of adversity in the way he treated Mitch Marner when he was a rookie with all that whole uh, little under the table, make me a list of who you admire and don't admire type deal, which was just a stupid little thing that you remember Mike Babcock made Mitch Marner do that just broke when he got fired as it was just like a devil but mike babcock did a lot of things we don't we don't necessarily like uh one highlight is just the way he treated uh veteran uh jason spezza with ice time uh especially with jason spezza coming home and yeah. being a veteran in the toronto maple leafs lately uh i remember uh, a lot of a lot of people talking about mike babcock just being an absolute douchebag when it came to just being an honorable person on the bench right and uh he will probably coach again I think personally he's waiting for the season before they go to the Olympics to get a job because I still think that that job is his, the Team Canada coach. It's not going to be his. But, um, you know, he's probably enjoying that paycheck, not working, sitting in his hunting cabin and fishing and I got all, all, all that stuff. So we'll see where he ends up. What do you got for me? You said paycheck. Speaking yeah. of someone giving a lot of their paycheck, we move right along into the MLB. Uh, Robinson not a swing and a miss well done yeah robertson cano will be giving up what looks to be 24 million in salary what's this about can i know it has to do with the peds but i didn't know about the money lost go on well if you if you don't play you don't get paid he's 24 million dollars a year you're not playing a season you don't have to be a mathematician to figure that one out he is forfeiting 24 million dollars in pay after previously giving up I think 10 million, 10 or 12 million in his previous 80 game suspension for the same thing. So this guy just doesn't learn in his career so far. He's giving up $36 million in uh, suspensions because he's been caught with performance enhancing drugs. I don't know why he feels the need to do this, but that is his fault. When in New York. When in New York, right? Yeah. Uh, second uh, time it's happened to him. Uh huh. But What's going on in MLB in uh, Chicago? Chicago Cubs. So uh, they're kind of the, the brains behind the hold operation. Um, Epstein has stepped down from the Cubs and he ended a 108 year World Series drought in Chicago and also one in Boston that was 80 years. So this guy knows what he's doing and there's rumors that he's going to go to the Mets uh, to kind of bring a winning touch to them, which would make sense with the hiring of their new GM uh, and ownership. Ownership kind of overturned everything there, so they're going to be bringing like a bunch the of guys. No, no, that was uh, yeah, that, that was the Marlins. The Marlins, which is the yeah. mistake I made, which I hope that I just make sure we weren't making again because no, it's no. just been brought. No, no, but ownership with the ownership with the Mets has overturned everything there, and uh, I think I know, they're gonna, I know the Mets. I was just I was just clarifying yeah. that she came from the Mets to the Marlins, which is something we care about, and she's always going to be highlighted as something that is a great story on the podcast. Besides the point, the Mets, Cano, and this. I think they're going to bring him in and, uh, yeah, try yeah, to make a run. And finally, Tropicana Field in WWE. In, yeah, in Tampa Bay. The WWE currently are performing without crowds. Uh, they're performing right now at the Amway Center, but the Amway Center needs to be given up because the Orlando Magic have to go back and practice. So they will be moving into Tropicana Field. I just thought that was a cool story. They're going to move the Thunderdome there. The Thunderdome is a giant bowl of screens so fans can Skype into the show and all that. They've done a pretty good job of it. So that's what Tropicana Field is going to be doing for the next little while, probably until April. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. But 
yeah, moving on, we have some news out of uh, the soccer soccer world. world. Soccer world. We don't have we don't usually have much um, soccer talk, but FIFA have passed a new rule that gives women who leave the game uh, on maternity leave rights to return because I think what was happening was they were leaving and then not guaranteed to come back. So uh, FIFA's passed a rule saying like, no, if they leave on maternity leave, they're still guaranteed their job when they come back. So it's good they've done this. There was a couple other rules in there. I'll post a link below so we don't screw up any details on it, but it's a pretty important story. Uh, so I just wanted to bring it up and say like, this is the stuff that steps that need to be taken. So um, I agree. That was pretty interesting. We have the MLS Cup playoffs starting soon. Uh, Toronto FC is looking to make a run after a pretty successful season, and they don't have to play in the first round because the first round is a play-in round. Um, but they do have uh, – what am I looking at here? They do have a pretty tough run to the uh, to the Cup. So they will – the, the – the playoffs start today. New England, Montreal are playing in a national inter Miami. And then tomorrow we have Orlando City and New York FC versus Columbus and the New York Red Bulls. TFC do not play till November 24th against a to be determined opponent. And that would be the start of the playoff run for them. So best of luck to them. We'll kind of talk about it more on Tuesday when we know who their opponent is. Yeah, you're um, killing it with the soccer talk. Finish it off with this last hitter in Euro. So the Euro Cup was supposed to happen this year. Um, it did not because of obvious reasons, the pandemic. And it was, they finished up their qualifying this weekend and the groups were formed. And there are some uh, solid groups. So group A, we have Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, Wales. Uh, you're looking at Italy and Wales to come out of that one. Group B, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Russia. That's a solid group. Belgium's always a strong team, but we'll see how they stand up against Denmark and Russia. Uh, group C, Austria, Netherlands, North Macedonia, and Ukraine. Group D, this is the one I got my eyes on because we got Croatia, Czech Republic, Scotland, and where I was born, England. Um, hope England come out top on that group. Group E, Poland, Slovakia, Spain, and Sweden. And then Group F, which is the group of death. We got France, Germany, Hungary, and Portugal. I feel really bad for Hungary because they qualified for the Euro Cup. But to even make it out of the group stage, they're going to have to win two or three games against France, Germany, and Portugal, which is going to be just incredible to do. And uh, so that kicks off uh, next summer, summer of 2021. But they're still going to call it the Euro 2020, which doesn't really make much sense. And then the following year, we'll have the World Cup. So yeah, I'm glad that you have uh, you have a little bit of tie to that uh, with oh. England from uh, your home your home home country, right? That's where you were born. Yeah, and I I, I love international soccer. I get behind those because it, it happens so rarely, right? Like every two years you have a tournament. So um, yeah, it's international great. International soccer. We got a that's rare. Uh, we got a tournament that's rare. Uh, with my hometown story too, as well. Speaking of home situations, uh, I'm a Dundas boy. Speaking of a Dundas boy, we have Mackenzie Hughes in the PGA world. We have mentioned him on the podcast before because I got a mis misconfused, misconfused. I got confused in the fact that he wasn't com uh, competing in uh, this year's Masters, but next year's Masters, which is why I mentioned large events that only right. happen so often because of the Masters. Uh, it's not the only news in golf we have, but I'm not too sure on this story. What's this one with Mackenzie Hughes? So he's playing in a tournament right now, and he is on baby standby. So his wife's due date is Monday, I believe, but she, he, you know, babies come early. So um, he could be mid-round and has to leave because he's got to go and get his kid. 
Uh, he's currently tied 87th at one under and the leaders, sorry, he's even and the leaders at 14 under. So I don't think he'll be missing much um, if he has to leave. But I just thought it was a funny story because it kind of reminds me of. That's awesome. Stanley. You know what? I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, that's just going to be a great story for, uh, for him and Dundas too, because it'll be his first son or his first child. I'm not first sure. Child. It'll be his first kid. Yeah. We don't know what the gender or any of that is. I'm sure I don't even know the story, to be honest, but he's having a child very soon. You know, you hope to see him in competition soon, especially if you're a fan like me. Uh, speaking of children, Tiger Woods and his son teaming up for something. You want to go on? Yeah, they're playing in a father-son tournament this weekend. Uh, Tiger Woods and his son will be playing as a duo in a father-son golf tournament. And I just thought this was really cool because Tiger Woods is taking time out of his tour schedule to kind of. Uh, this is great. I love yeah, this. Play, play some golf. And um, he also, he's also been seen like padding for his kid at his kid's junior events, which is awesome. Yeah. Because he can still do it. He's literally won the Masters only a year back or a couple. And now it's probably been a year and a half, almost two years now back. Um, it was the 2019, however. But, you know he's still doing awesome dad things. And if your dad was Tiger Woods, you know, regardless of situation, you know, that man has the utmost respect in the golf world. And if you are seen on a golf course with Tiger Woods right now, you know, you're in good hands. Right. So it's the PNC championship. It was formerly known as the father son challenge. And it sees like the top PGA and LPGA uh, golfers team up with a family member. So it doesn't have to be your son. It can be a family member but it's the first time he's going to be playing in it with his son. Uh, he says he's really excited for their first official tournament together, but he has caddied for his son before at events. So it won't be the first time they're on the golf course together, but be the first time they're playing together. So, and I'm sure uh, there's a little side payday there for Tiger Woods because they want eyes on this tournament. So uh, it'll be, it'll be really cool to see actually. I'm kind of excited to watch that. Hopefully. Speaking of having things to have on the Olympics is going to be something that's, you know, just looked at in such scrutiny, no matter how it's kind of, uh, gone about in the terms of its operations or or crowd or however the world looks like when the Olympics try to come back, it's going to be an interesting thing. And now we've already seen some news break on like regulations and policies that the uh, IOC probably wants to have. Yeah, so they kind of released, uh, it's comprehensive. I think it's like 264 pages of new policies and stuff, but pretty much the gist of it is uh, the Olympic Village will be kind of used as a like a hub for the players to not socialize, but kind of just to meet so there's gonna be no partying no hanging around no socializing with other teams you got to stay in your own team bubble so the olympic village won't be as lively as it was i'm sure we all saw in 2010 how lively the olympic village was in vancouver in 2014 how lively it was there in 2018 in beijing how lively it was there so it's going to be uh it's kind of a shame that it's come down to that but that's what it's going to have to be because we want we want these games to go on and we just want to see some kind yeah. of international competition. I mean, we're going to see kind of professional athletes, no matter how, where their seasons are ending, coming in from. So hopefully there's kind of, as long as there's some safety regarding the Olympics, then hopefully there's some good competition. Right. Uh, before we go on to some different parts of the, of the uh, Orion industry, if you'd rather, uh, kind of where we're expanding our socials, I kind of just want to go back over uh, so we can clip this part on the breaking news on the fact that the Toronto Raptors have now signed a deal to uh, play in Tampa Bay. I yeah. said this earlier but tampa bay is the city of champions i said i kind of want to mention that tom, tom brady is kind of a championship contender in tampa bay and the buccaneers and you have uh 
the the lightning which we're repping on the jersey here today so it's kind of a culture like i was saying for toronto to be in they uh, were trying to get access in canada but they've officially been uh given this spot in tampa bay which hopefully they have some familiarities from the state and the bubble of uh orlando we're in florida where the bubble was held like i was saying speaking of basketball real quick locally uh, i just want to bring up something that i've been doing some research on myself personally uh it's the canadian elite basketball league it's the cebl otherwise known as it has a lot of teams. It has teams in Guelph, Hamilton, Saskatchewan. And uh, the league is uh, introducing a team in Ottawa in the past couple of years. In the year. It's a really new league as well. Uh, it has great talent and great highlights. I recommend uh, their Instagram page and a team in your local area to everyone. But this is also a question I'm going to try to have for uh, our followers on Instagram uh, later on today. Uh, they've been they've been mentioning on their own personal Instagram that they want to know where you guys think that a, a professional local basketball team should be held in Canada, especially if it's in a community that values basketball and competition. If you have a, a center that maybe could be could help could be held could be holding of a of a team. I know that the she's uh, it's not the cops call teams. The first Ontario center holds the uh, Hamilton Honey Badgers, which is the team in the CEBL. Uh, maybe I'll release a poll. If there's some couple cities or provinces or counties around the area that you know it would bring you would you go watch a cebl game hopefully that that kind of basketball you know they've been striving to push uh, push a professional level that kind of emulates the the european game and the fiba rules which is great basketball and uh you know you want to see young talent and you want to see local talent they strive to actually have a minimum a rather required amount of Canadians on every team so that no matter what the skill levels are from around the world, there are Canadians represented on the roster. They also offer some internships on their website if you're someone who's interested uh, in working in the business. Uh, they're not paid, but they are for students looking for a position in the industry like the Hamilton County Badgers offer this on their website as well as the Saskatchewan Rattlers. I mean, I know there's probably not many people listening out in Saskatchewan. However, that's where I'm studying right now, uh, not there physically, but their team from here. Uh, I want to mention the fact that it's local basketball and it's something I'm not getting interested into as well. And there's a, a lot of reason to be excited about the fact that uh, professional basketball could be uh, in the community near you in Canada. And uh, let us know what you guys have to think on that. Speaking of uh, opinion, what do you have to say? Uh, yeah, so I was browsing Reddit the other day and I saw there's a lot of discussion posts. So I just kind of put up two questions in the hockey Reddit and we got to reach out to other sports. But uh, one question I put and some of the answers were interesting, a rule in hockey that doesn't seem like it should be a rule. So I was asking people, what rule doesn't seem like it should be a rule? And my favorite answer from this one was not being able to headbutt the puck into your net, um, which is actually a rule. You cannot headbutt your puck, the puck into the other team's net. And that has happened a couple of times. Colin White, uh, most recently of the Senators, it happened to. And goalie's not allowed to play the puck past center ice. And then like a full-on fight happened in the comment section arguing that the goalie would be used as the sixth attacker on the penalty like on a delayed penalty so uh it just it actually caused quite a bit of discussion and it was pretty good and another one that happened was you're not allowed to use um like equipment that's not yours from the other team so it did happen a while ago where i think it was evgeny kuznetsov stick got cut in the, got caught in the boards and his opponent dropped a stick as well so he picked up his opponent's stick and got a two-minute penalty for it but a couple of years ago bobby ryan scored a goal with someone else's on the other team's stick and then showed the player his own stick to say haha fuck you i scored with your stick so uh, i thought that was interesting and another question i asked and um this one kind of popped off a little bit was what was your favorite moment that happened in an international game so not NHL, not like a German league, not the Swiss league, not the KHL, like a country versus country. And obviously the most popular answer was the golden goal. 
Uh, we had Jordan Eberle's goal with five seconds to go against Russia in the World Juniors. We had, uh, like, when Mary Philip Pula won it in overtime, we had a bunch of answers like that. But I just wanted to bring attention to the story that happened. I think it was the 2019 Women's World Championship. Uh, Finland and USA were in the finals. It was the first time that a gold medal game wasn't Canada-USA, and Finland actually won it in overtime in Finland, so on home turf. And they scored in overtime. They were on the ice celebrating, throwing their gloves into the air, and the goal got called back in overtime of a gold medal game, and the States went on to win it on what should have been a goal, but the referees reversed their decision. So uh, check this out on Reddit. I'll post a link down below. I'm going to be posting some fun questions like that across all sports. And the discussion was actually pretty interesting. So um, stay tuned for that. That's awesome, man. I'm great. That was a great, I, I, a good pace there. We want to get this out, especially because it's Friday and there's a lot of breaking news and we want to get it out to everyone as quick as possible. So I don't really have too much else to say other than we're waiting for something to come in and we're waiting for Sunday football. Yeah, pretty much um, Sunday football. I'm going to place some bet or put some best bets online. Look for those Saturday night, Sunday morning. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we have a Facebook page, like our Facebook page. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, comment, reach out to us. Let us know what you want us to talk about. And Tuesday, we will have a very special guest. We're not revealing who it is yet. We're just going to reveal it on the show. Maybe I'll post a teaser on Monday. But until then, stay safe. And yeah, bye.